It's Wednesday, January 27th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, induction uh, class of 19, uh, 2021 uh, announced last night, and the announcement was there was no announcement. There was <laughs> yeah. no one elected. And and so for the first time uh, since, what, uh, in a while that they haven't had a, a an election class uh, chosen by the writers. Yeah, first time since uh, 2013 that that the writers haven't elected a uh, you know a player to the Hall of Fame, and just the seventh, no, the ninth time in the 77 year history of the Hall. Does uh, does does that mean there will be no one going in from 2021? Uh, in addition to the 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 guys like Derek Jeter and Larry Walker who were elected in 2020, are there any other committee guys? Uh, you know, like the the Modern Era Committee or the uh, are, are those folks ele- electing a, a member for this year at all? Yeah, I don't know, Joe. I think, uh, you know, that that election usually takes place at the winter meetings and the winter meetings were, you know, canceled because of the virus. So I don't think they've taken place yet. So perhaps they'll, they'll have a vote before that. But right now it's, uh, you know, it's going to be the class of 2020 getting in, you know, uh, introduced in, in 2021. And uh, so that means that the, the controversial figures such as Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, uh, they all will have, what, one more year of eligibility on the, on the ballot, their 10th year uh, coming up next year. Uh, Omar Vizquel, who, uh, you know, is widely reported, has a, a domestic violence investigation going on. Uh, he actually regressed in his efforts to, to make it to the 75% uh, uh, voting uh, in order to get in. Uh, he dropped back, I, I believe, under 50% uh, of the vote uh, for Omar. Uh, and he's in his, what, third or fourth year on the ballot. So yeah. Omar's, uh, Omar's in his fourth year. Fourth year. So what does that mean? Uh, let, let's start with uh, Bonds and Clemens. What does that mean for Bonds and Clemens? Yeah, you know, they came in, Bonds, Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and Sammy Sosa came in on the same year in 2013. And now it looks like none of them, you know, they have one year of eligibility left. And it would really, I think it would take a really, really big upset for any of them to get in now. I mean, Schilling still has a chance if he's on the ballot. I think, uh, you know, he's received 70 and 71% of the vote the last two years. But Bonds and Clemens, I think the, the voting lines are drawn there with the steroid voters, the guys who aren't upset that they, you know, that they have allegations of steroid use and the people that don't vote for them, those lines are, are drawn. I don't think they're going to change. Uh, Sosa was never a factor. You know, uh, he, uh, he had like, I think he received uh, 17% of the vote this year. And you know, there's no way he's going to jump to 75% in his final year. So, you know, those guys, you know, you could see the best, the, uh, the, the, the top home run hitter in history and a, a 300 game winner and seven time all-star. I mean, Cy Young winner in Clemens, not make the Hall of Fame, the best pitcher and the, the best uh, hitter in generations, not be in the, in the Hall of Fame. And how much of this is the writers maybe saying, you know, we're not budging, we're not going to change our minds on any of this. Uh, let's let's kick this to the to the committees, and when they're eligible to come on, uh, as uh, you know, in one form or the other of these veterans committees that uh, deal with different eras, 
you know, let them let them decide. Let the, the the committees that are made up of you know current Hall of Famers and and other guys who are around the game uh, and associated with it. Let let them decide whether uh, Bonds uh, and and Clemens are are worthy of of being in the Hall. Schilling's it's sort of a, a a different factor, right? Yeah, Schilling, you know, never had really any allegations with steroid use. You know, Schilling has been his own worst enemy. This is a guy that's gone out of his way not to be in the Hall of Fame with his, you know, political views that he's made public since he retired. You know, this is a guy that that's done charity work. That's, you know, that you know was is pretty, you know, off the field is pretty, you know, has kind of two sides to him where he's very well regarded, very charitable person, and he's kind, you know, he has these you know, his political views have just really, you know, eroded his, the voting base among the BBWA. And, you know, now he's asked to be taken off the ballot. Uh, the Hall of Fame, which is in control of the BBWA ballot says, you know, we'll take it under consideration in his, you know, in 2022. And the BBWA just came out with a uh, statement saying, you know, we've, we put together the ballot at the request of the Hall of Fame since its inception in 1936, you know, Schilling qualifies, you know, to be on the ballot. He meets all the recommendations, the qualifications, and uh, they, they're recommending that the Hall of Fame turn down uh, Schilling's request. So this guy is the fly in the ointment no matter what. <laughs> he can't <laughs> win for losing, I guess. Uh, and nobody's really gotten to that 70% mark in, in the years leading up to their 10th year on the ballot and not gotten in, right? I mean, it, it's unheard of for him to be just lingering and hanging on that close to being elected and then just to not get in, in in your 10th year on the ballot. Yeah, the only guy that, you know, had received up to 70% of the vote, I think in the last 40 or 50 years uh, and still had time eligibility left was Jim Bunning. Now, Jim Bunning got in on the Veterans Committee you know, he, he received like 70% of the vote with three years left and never got to 75. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Schilling would be that guy who is, you know, like we said at 70% last year and 71.1% this year. And I, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I, you know, I would think if he's still on the ballot, Joe, I thought he for sure he'd get in this year, but he, he missed by 16 votes this year, 20 votes last year. You know, if he's still on the ballot in 2022, I would think he gets in, he gets in, but, you know, he has divided the voting base so much now that, you know, it, it's a, it's a jump ball. Right. It's, it's weird to see, you know, uh, so much division in the country and, and so much of what makes Schilling a controversial figure is, is related to that division within the country that we've seen with, with, you know, with the Capitol riots and all, all that kind of stuff. But it's funny to see how it, it just it highlights the, the division among the voting base in in, uh, in the BBWA over it. Uh, you know, the process is it, it's as transparent as they can can make it. Uh, voters can, you know, let their um, their ballots become public, I guess. Um, do you think something has to change in the way in the process in, in order to avoid situations like this or what? Is, are there changes that can be made so that we don't have another situation where nobody's getting elected for the first time in, you know, seven, eight years? You know, I, I think the process is, is a good one, Joe. I mean, between, 
2013, the last year where there was nobody elected, and and you know 2021, you know the the uh, the BBWA voted in 22 players, which is a record number of players for for that period of time. So you know players are getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know sometimes the ballots. You know to me this is a very very divisive ballot. You've got the steroid guys that have been lingering there for you know nine years now going on 10 years you've got uh, you know you've got uh, you know you've got uh Fiskel with uh, the domestic violence thing and he's not the only one on the ballot either that has had those charges brought brought against him and now you've got Schilling and you know there was 14 blank uh, a record 14 blank ballots turned in this year and I think that's another indication of just how you know how you know frustrated the vote the voting base is the the writers are because you know we've essentially been asked to you know not to 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 you know to extend our our opinions beyond the statistical pool that you know the the, the guy's baseball card so it's you know it's it's just uh, i think it's it's almost uh you can't play judge jury and executioner and and that's what we've been you know asked to do right it, it's it's our job to look at things from the statistical point of view uh, their qualities as a player what they did on the field now you're being asked to also evaluate a man's character and there's no quantitative sort of way to do that and it, it's not consistent across eras it's not consistent across you know time basically there are guys in the hall of fame who you know when it was created were despicable people by today's standards but it it doesn't change the fact that they're in and you're not taking them out uh yeah i i don't know if maybe clarifying or redefining that character clause and and specifically what uh, what what entails that maybe that would help some of these guys. The, the the greatest help you could give to some of these voters would be to say, okay, don't consider character, just consider what they did on the field. Vote on that. That would make the vote super easy, wouldn't it? If that yeah. were the case, Bonds, Clemens, and and Schilling would all be in without even a, a an afterthought. And Omar too. Omar would be in too because of you know the all the the gold gloves. But it takes something away from what you're doing there in terms of the Hall of Fame if you don't have that character clause. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I think, you know, there's, there's been different suggestions, you know, make a steroid wing in the Hall of Fame. Anybody, you know, that has, has, has been has tested positive or been, you know, has played with allegations of steroids or have those guys get into the Hall of Fame and mention it on their plaque, you know. You know uh, that Barry Bonds, you know, is hit more home runs than anybody else in baseball. Uh, but the, he was also, you know, seriously uh, considered a steroid user. The same, you know, Roger Clemens was uh, was mentioned prominently in the Mitchell report that that in, in, you know investigated steroids. Uh, you know, uh, Manny Ramirez uh, tested positive at least twice for steroids. You know, and, and next year, it just, the situation doesn't get any better because Alex Rodriguez is on the ballot and, and uh, David Ortiz, who, you know, has been, 
you know, big poppy, the a lovable guy, great, great player, but he, there's also allegations that he used steroids or in, in 2003 in the, uh, that blind, uh, that blind survey, he did and tested positive. So, you know, it's, it's, it just goes on and on. Right. And uh, I, I do believe from one of my visits to the hall of fame, there is uh, an area in the hall of fame that addresses the steroid era but it, you know, doesn't necessarily enshrine any of those players. It's more like, uh, you know, hey, this happened and we have to recognize it and at least, you know, uh, you know, make mention of it. Otherwise, we, uh, it's, it's kind of disingenuous if you don't. Uh, like you said, what, what would the steroid wing at the Hall of Fame look like? Would it be like blown out and bigger than all the other? Like the, the actual physical wing itself would be like yeah. this, uh, you know, giant Popeye arm on the building. Right. It'd be Sammy Sosa's arm or, yeah. or uh, Mark McGuire's arm, his bicep. You'd walk in under his bicep to, uh, a, a, you know, a, a bronze statue of somebody's biceps. The, uh, the elevator that you would take or the escalator that you would take up to the display would, would be shaped like a syringe, something like that. It, it, the, the, uh, the jokes could go on and on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that's what we have there. Uh, so really, because of the pandemic, because we, we missed the the 2020 induction, which would have been Derek Jeter being, you know, uh, crowned emperor of New York. Who, who knows? That would have been whatever, uh, because we missed that last year. Uh, Cooperstown is still going to have an induction in 2021. Uh, I'm sure it will be socially distanced and, and, and totally safe, but uh, there, it's not like there won't be people going into the Hall of Fame uh, this year. It's just that it'll be last year's people. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm, I'm going to be out in, uh, in Cooperstown, hopefully uh, this summer at some point, just before the induction ceremony. So I'll, I'll be able to report back on I'm All right, good. Yeah, there, your uh, son's playing out there, right? Uh, that that's that the week of Fourth of July week. We'll be out there. Uh, that's great. Watching the, uh, the 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 Cooperstown tournament. So, uh, all right, moving on. Uh, lots to talk about. Uh, well, a little bit to talk about today. Uh, wanted to mention our uh, uh, subtext, uh, Indian subtext, and uh, the opportunity that we're going to present to our subscribers on Thursday night. Uh, we're going to do Hey Hoinsey, uh, but it's going to be Hey Hoinsey live. Uh, we're going to do a Zoom call, and it's going to be an open uh, forum for our subscribers. We've already sent the link around to, uh, to many of them uh, so that they can join the chat at any time, 7.30 p.m. on Thursday night. Uh, jump on in. It's going to be myself and Paul answering all of your questions, anything you have to talk about, any topic you want to bring up uh, regarding the Indians or Major League Baseball. And we're going to do that for about a half hour, 45 minutes, uh, and, and use it as a podcast on Friday. Uh, hey, Hoinsey Live, an opportunity to, to really uh, talk to you, our subscribers, and our listeners. Uh, so feel free to jump in. Uh, let's, let's let you know how, how to do that. Uh, sign up for Indian subtext. It's cleveland.com slash subtext or join subtext slash Cleveland Indians. Uh, $3.99 a month, which is uh, works out to about 14 cents a day. Uh, it gives you the opportunity to, to text us directly and, and talk uh, back and forth uh, your thoughts on the moves that the Indians are making. Uh, the best way to sign up is to text, uh, send a text to uh, area code 216-208-4346. Uh, again, or go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. At number 
1-800-242-4346, the 216 area code. Uh, great opportunity there for you to, to sign up uh, and, and really be a part of subtext. Uh, Hoinsey, what are you looking forward to with uh, the, the open forum, open chat uh, on uh, Thursday night? Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, hey, Hoinsey and hey, Joe. That's, uh, you know, that's, uh, you got to, you like can't get better Hedger, than so. that, man. That's, uh, but, I, you know, I know, I know Indians fans probably have a lot of uh, baseball fans in general, have a lot of fan questions about will there be, when will spring training open? When will spring training open? And of course, you know, the Indians, you know, uh, are they going to add another player? When does uh, Cesar Hernandez's uh, signing become official? Uh, you know, and will they add more? Will they add uh, another piece, another player after Hernandez? Um, you know, I, and of course, you know the AL Central is getting you know, is improving with Chicago, and the Twins have won. You know, the two-time uh, defending division champ. So, just uh, it's going to be interesting, uh, but but it should be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll try to answer everybody's questions and have a little fun with it too. Yeah, looking forward to. Uh, Thursday night at 7.30, uh, the, the link will be in your subtext uh, text string. So join us there if you're a subscriber. And if you're not uh, yet a subscriber, again, uh, join subtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or send a text message to 216-208-4346. All right, uh, one of the other projects that we've been working on uh, this week so far, uh, ranking and just going through the organization, looking at the organization's depth uh, in terms of the players. And we started with the pitchers. We started with the starting pitching and the relievers on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we're going to get to the infield and uh, outfield over the next couple of days here. But uh, let's just jump back and, and take a look. Obviously, ranking uh, uh, from 10 to 1, uh, the starting pitching, uh, you've got the, the starting rotation led by Shane Bieber uh, in numbers 1 through 5. Uh, but after that, it uh, you know there's there's a little bit of depth. There's a little bit of uh, something to play with there uh, for the Indians um, in terms of uh, some young talent still uh, still trying to prove itself at the major league level. Yeah, definitely. There's a there's a lot of uh, they've got a lot of kind of a, a bunch of uh, you know starters, young starters, you know guys like uh, Logan Allen, uh, you know Scott Moss. Um, you know, uh, just a, a bunch of guys like that that you really don't know where they fit. Uh, I think that they want to have these guys continue to develop either, you know, as, as you know, probably at AAA, I would think, and uh, have them continue to develop. And, you know, they've, they've done such a great job with developing starters. I don't want I don't think you want to shift them to the bullpen too fast. You know, you want to make sure, you, you know, give them a chance to develop and by starting them, you know, having them pitch multiple innings, they get a chance to develop all their pitchers, their pitches, and they, they get a, a better feel for the game. And then if, you know, when you finally, if you can reach a crossroads where you, you think a, a guy may be better served to go to the bullpen, then you do it. But, uh, you know, I, I really like the, the group of starters that they put together, especially the depth guys behind, you know, like the guys you were talking about, Joe. Yeah, like guys like Cal Quantrill, you mentioned Logan Allen. Uh, there's there's a lot of and Adam Plutko, he's he's in there as well uh, as a guy who can give you depth. But uh, the two that I wanted to highlight just really quickly were uh, the two young guys who were at the Indians alternate site throughout last season, 
uh, in Eastlake, uh, Daniel Espino, who was the 2019 top uh, draft choice, and Ethan Hankins, who's the, uh, the big six foot six uh, hard throwing righty. And uh, both of those guys actually spent that whole uh, you know summer season at, at the alternate site. And, and really these are sort of the next man up kind of guys. These are, these are the, the guys who were in the position that maybe a Shane Bieber was in like 2017, where they're, they're still very young, but they could get to the major leagues within a year or two, uh, depending on how things go with the top of the rotation. Yeah. You know, and you know, there's like, uh, other guys like, you know, my, like an Eli Morgan is in that group. I think, you know, he got put on a 40 man, uh, Carlos Vargas, uh, got put on a 40 man, but those guys, I think Vargas is pretty far away. He's younger. Uh, but those guys are, you know, they're, they're starters, maybe depth, depth guys, or maybe guys that, that could help, you know, just think how fast, uh, Zach Plesak and Aaron, Aaron Savali, you know, kind of surfaced to in 2016, they were drafted and, uh, what, two, two years later, three years later, they're in the big leagues. Right. And they're not going to rush Espino or, uh, Hankins, uh, along. They're going to let those guys develop because heck it, it, because of the youth and the, uh, you know, the, the controllability that they have of guys like, uh, Bieber, Plesak and Savali at the top, uh, you might be developing, uh, some of those guys in the minors for, you know, trade purposes. If you get to the point where you're, you're competitive again, and you need to make a big trade and, and bring somebody in, uh, to, to help you compete again, maybe those are guys that you you look to do that for. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. De definitely. All right. Uh, we also uh, on Tuesday took a look at uh, the relievers and who the, the the top ten relievers in the organization right now are. And this is this is based on just our observations and you know obviously what the what the forty man roster looks like uh, and and who they've got. It doesn't necessarily mean these are the guys who are, you know, major league ready right now, but in terms of also, you know, potential to, to be there at some point down the line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Joe, I was looking at the list and you're, you're looking at the relievers um, and you know, they've, they've turned over so many relievers in the last three or four years that, you know, when, if you try to write down 10 guys off the 40, man, it's, a, it, it gets a little, it gets a little dicey after the first four or five, you know, obviously you've got Karen Jack with, you know, Whitgren class, class, a, uh, um, uh, Phil Maton, you know, you got guys like that. And, uh, you know, those are probably your, your core guys, your, you know, six, seven, eight, ninth inning guys. And, uh, but then you start looking around and, you know, you've got a, you know, then you maybe you turn to a a guy like Trevor Stefan, uh, the guy they uh, the Rule Five guy they they selected from the Yankees roster. Mm -hmm. I mean, it cost him a hundred thousand bucks um, if he, but and they've got to keep him on the on the big league roster. Right. So, you know, where does he fit? Maybe he helps them. He, he's a he's a starter by trade, but he strikes out guys. Maybe he could be a, you know slash long guy. Then you you know you've got younger guys like uh, Nick Sandlin. Uh, we, you know, we mentioned uh, Carlos Vargas before, even, you know, some of those starters <clears throat> like Espino or, or Ethan or, uh, um, you know, th those kind of guys that, that, you know, may one day, if they don't make the rotation, maybe they, they get switched over to, to the pen. A guy like Logan Allen, who has, who has worked in the pen before as well. 
Well, it's it's funny you bring up Logan Allen. One thing you don't see a lot of on this list of relievers is left-handers. The Indians have a, a lot of righties in the, the organization uh, top to bottom, but not a lot of left-handed uh, relief talent uh, out there. Uh, I know uh, one uh, email uh, we got uh, mentioned Scott Moss as a possibility as a starter, but but really, uh, would Scott Moss really be a guy who could slot in there as a reliever as well? Yeah, you could fit him in that same category with Logan Allen and and uh, Espino and, you know, Scott Moss is, you know, we saw him make a couple starts during the summer camp, uh, mm-hmm. you know, last year. He pitched very well. You know, I think he went four innings each time, did a nice job. He's a 6'6 lefty, uh, you know, so he's he's encouraging, definite, definitely encouraging. And one guy, I, one lefty I forgot to mention was uh, Kyle Nelson, who made his uh, big league uh, debut last year. It didn't go great, but, <laughs> but I, at least he got his feet wet and uh, – He's he's on the radar, and uh, you know don't don't forget about Cam Hill as well. Cam Hill, right? Uh, you know, with, had the uh, the broken hand or broken wrist uh, that he suffered in the offseason Here, he's he's going to be working his way back. Who knows, you know, when he will be available to the Indians? But uh, he was a guy who they they showed a lot of faith in last year. Pitched him in some pretty big innings uh, during the season. So you know, I'm sure we haven't heard the last of Cam Hill right now. Uh, just sort of rehabbing from an injury. Yeah, definitely. I, I, if the season starts on time, I don't think he'll be ready, but no. he should be rehabbing in spring training. All right, Hoinsey, uh, that brings us to the end of today's uh, edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, looking forward to uh, the end of this week. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the Indians have a, a surprise or two in store for us when it comes to uh, maybe another free agent signing or another move. Uh, we'll. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and, and, and try to find out what, uh, what's coming next. Yeah, they can use it. They need a little help. <laughs> All right, Hines, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. All right, Joe.